At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible. With a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. And we're rolling. Thank you for joining Operation Tango Romeo again. Please, uh, if you know somebody that is in distress, this is not a critical care line, but uh, we are better than nothing. How's that for a sales pitch? <laughs> Sounds like a good one, Mark. <laughs> We're better than nothing. Uh, t- uh, th- if you share the show, it shows that you really do support first responders and the troops. This show, when somebody's listening to it, when they're walking through the mud, they know that they are not alone. That's why we have real first responders and real soldiers on this show who have been there and they understand it and they know it. So it's real. It's not a clinician. It's not some woo-woo guru. It's uh, people that are going through it and that have gone through it successfully and are coming out the other side. So share, share like the sugar bear because sharing is caring. Share, make a comment, and please provide some feedback. What do you like? What was useful? What sucks? What do you think we're missing? Tell me. If you don't tell me, I'm not going to know. Yeah, there's a lot of episodes that are up and coming. So, I mean, like it's, we are trying to do this step program, you know, one through 10, whatever kind of thing, A through Z kind of thing. But it's, there's going to be days, I'm sure, Mark, that your episodes are going to tie back into saying like episode one or episode six or whatever kind of stuff, you know. So, there might be a little, little bit of a loop back. But the whole thing here is understanding this is progressive as well. And the loop backs are important too. They are. Because sometimes uh, not everybody's listening episode one straight through right like this could be the first one that they listen to exactly and uh loopback is something that we do again and again and again in um an actual in-person peer-to-peer peer support because sometimes the 200th time you heard it that it clicks and all of a sudden you have that oh yeah. aha moment you know and that's for ourselves too uh, there's a concept called learning through teaching so you and me up in front of the room uh, hearing ourselves going through the material, all of a sudden it clicks for us because we're like, oh, here I am teaching it, but crap, I don't mm-hmm. think I actually got this at this level before. Or something else will pop into your head, you know, to give you a more full understanding of the subject matter. Yeah. So today is a critical one. Uh, well, I think they're all critical, John. But um, so we have in studio with us John Sr. John Sr. is a peer support facilitator, as I am. I'm the guy that learned from him. And we're doing this so that you have access to peer support from two of your peers right here, me and John. And whether you're first, a first responder, emergency services, active duty military, or a veteran, we're here for you. We're, we all talk the same language. And we all put our ass on the line. That's we're all in the same family, which is why this show is inclusive of all of those services. So today is about there is no silver bullet. There is no silver bullet. There, this is the longest, hardest hump that you will ever have. And you, you never reach the summit, not really. You reach a plateau where 
it's easier going and things are more manageable, but you never get there. Not all the way. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm an optimistic guy and I'm not generally defeatist, but OSI symptoms will be with you forever. Like it, it's going to be the devil at the door. It's just going to be a whole lot more manageable and workable and you'll be enjoying your life a whole lot more after you push through, do the therapy, peer support, and learning after learning after learning after learning after learning that never, ever ends. John, do you disagree? I, no, no, I don't disagree at all. Not in the least. I think that the the best the best piece of advice to give anybody to understand is there is no silver bullet because, I mean, when I started doing what I was doing, it was one of a few things. It was either take this out, make it go away, or fix it. That was the simple thing they're looking for, right? I don't like this thing. Remove it or fix it. Flip that switch. Go in my head and flip the little switch and make this OSI, this PTSD thing, just disappear. And the thing that people need to understand is there is no silver bullet. I can't just do this to you. No, no white coat, no clinician, no shrink, no pill, no drink can just make this disappear. Understanding it takes work. And it's only you that can do that work, right? So understanding that the longer you deny and go down that single path of mental health failure, degradation, or breakdown without even knowing it because you're denial, and you're just going to like, you know what, I'm just going to work harder and I'm going to double down on that and keep going, keep going, the harder your recovery is going to be. The best way to stop something from, from a house, a brick house from falling apart is a a little bit of maintenance all the time. Same thing with our mental health. Strong foundation, which is the understanding. You get into, you get the help. You talk to the people, you, the people that were there. Um, and then you just start working through it and you start understanding it. So essentially, everything we're going to talk about today is about the awareness. Yeah, it's it's not to be discouraging. No. I'm saying, hey, there's no hope. It's like, well, of course there's hope. There, There is healing. Healing happens. I say that, I'll probably say that in almost every episode. Healing happens. It does. And you do heal, but there's some son of a bitch scar tissue, let me tell you. And I, I like to visualize the trauma cup. So in my mind, a regular healthy person with regular amounts of trauma in their life, their cup is about a third full, a third full. So you have to be jumping up and down and bouncing pretty hard or knocking that glass right over before it spills out and makes a mess. But for us, that trauma cup is just, it's right. There's almost a meniscus, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and actually there is a meniscus at times. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the people that completely have imploded, uh, it's just pouring out all the time. Um, but for most of us that are not feeling great, but we're functional, it's like right at the top. Mark, you're hitting something here. So you just touch that glass. You just like just a little tremor is all it takes that's right. for that glass to spill over. And that's who we are. Now we're never going to get all the way down to a third. Okay. And I, I know it sounds defeatist. I get that, but it's just true. Acceptance guys. <laughs> just, 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 just accept it. Eat okay. it. Like, trust me on this. It's not getting down to a third. I don't care what type of woo woo bullshit that you, that you mm. do. It's not getting down to a third, down to a half, maybe. Yeah. So the, the safe zone that um, people think is being cured, the safe zone is when 
you've got that uh, down to three quarters instead of a meniscus at the top. And it's such a wonderful difference that you think, oh my God, this is fucking great. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you know, like I've made it, I'm cured. It's because you, you're comparing it to when you're at your worst and you're not comparing it to the rest of the planet who are only a third full and you're at three quarters. And, okay. and the thing is, because you're at three corners, the rest of that cup can actually fill up again pretty damn easy. Yeah. You so, know? so an indicator that, that there's, you have something that needs to be talked about or done is if you're doing that, just going back to what you're talking about with a cup there is here's a flag for you. If you're balancing everything and it's precariously balanced and you have trauma or you think you may have trauma, you need to talk to somebody. The earlier, the better. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? And so that's the thing is it never hurts to go talk to somebody and say, hey, you know, am I displaying these things or do I have these key things that could be perceived as an OSI or a trauma? And then what was the last thing you just finished talking about again? Sorry. Oh, just that. um, It's the, when you're feeling great, you're in the safe zone. Thank you. Yes. It, it feels like you're cured because you're comparing it to you being at your mm. worst and not what your best could be. There you are, right? So again, you're hitting on something else we also talk about a lot of is point of view or perspective. So if you're always cup is always full, and then you have you you go into help for or for one or two years, and you're like, hey, dude, I got this. I'm, I got a grip on it. I got a handle on it. I'm cured. <laughs> Those are the people I end up seeing two years later. Every single time now uh one thing that i um i missed i'm just it's just occurring to me i missed this and yeah. when i was talking about how we minimize our trauma yeah yeah, uh, yeah one of the ways that we min- one of the reasons that we used to justify minimizing our own trauma is oh it was so long ago and time heals all yeah, wounds well that's, that's right. a pile of shit just so you know time does not heal all wounds it sweeps right. it under the carpet it, it doesn't heal it those get stored away somehow. Yeah, that's right. And uh, they actually masticize. They get worse. They get pussy and gross. And something that had you dealt with it right off the bat and process it then, well, it, it turns into this big, ugly, freaking monster. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the example that I'll use again, I, I used in uh, one of the recent episodes here is my tripwire story. I'm yeah. the only guy I know that hit a fucking tripwire and didn't go boom, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, it's as close to death as you possibly can get. I was expecting to see the flash. Now, because I'm able to see the story or uh, tell the story, and I've always been able to to tell the story, and yeah, I was shaken up for the first few hours, and then I thought I was okay. No, yeah. I was not okay. I was surviving, and my survival mechanisms were kicking in. The compensating mechanisms that just kind of harden you to these things, right? It puts you in autopilot. But you're not a pilot. I thought I was fine. I was not fucking fine. Right. And now all these years later, it's exactly what I just told you. It turns into a beast. It masticizes. So here we are in uh, uh, therapy doing the woo-woo, follow your finger thing, going into a hypnotic state. So you're actually reliving reliving it. And I cannot get past my shin hitting that freaking wire. I, uh, I, I freak out every time. Like, ah. You know, like it's, it's, it's hardcore because I can actually feel, I can smell the air. Like I could actually feel that son of a bitch hit my shoulder, my shin. Yeah. 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 And, and when it does, I, I, I freak out 25 years later. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. We got people at the uh, OSI clinic that are from Vietnam era, yes. you know, uh, Vietnam veterans. There's world war II veterans of any, or Korea veterans, you know, world war, there's not too many. 
anyway, so I, w- I want to bring this up here again uh, about what you're carrying on about right now, which is you know people think that the time will make it disappear. It won't. Here's the thing: it just it sits like a landmine, and the landmines are very indiscriminate. You have no idea who it's going to hit, when it's going to hit, how big it's going to hit, or anything, or what's going to set it off, or what's going to trip it up. Exactly. You know what? So so don't ever think that you got a handle on this because that's the person I have learned through time and time again. That's the one I'm going to have to watch because they think they got it. They think they're bigger than this or whatever it is, or they're smarter than it. You can't, this is something you can never hide from. And it's, again, it's nothing, it's, this isn't doom and gloom. This is all about awareness. When you realize it and you accept it and you stop denying that you're more than human. Well, well people want to, it, it's the ego part, right? Like it's the ego cause, thing. Cause we were all the, the alpha males and the alpha females and, uh, we were top of the food pack. We were the heroes. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is, well, I'm strong enough to overcome this. Well, yeah. Overcome it. Yeah. <coughs> but the strength, the show of strength isn't in being cured mm-hmm. because that just ain't going to happen. That's getting right. getting manageable is going to happen. Yeah. And it will, and it will, it will get manageable and it will get livable. But, um, the strength is in staying on that road. That's the strength. That is the commitment, Mark. And that's the one I'm finding that, that that I'm learning over time here that the strength is the the acceptance of it and the ability to look inside and be honest with yourself and then stay committed to working on it. Because there is no silver bullet. There is no silver bullet, buddy. There is none. You can't just take a, a drink of a magic elixir. <laughs> you can't take a pill. Well, thinking that you're strong enough to overcome it is part of the same mentality as uh, uh, this only happens to weak people. That's right. You know. And uh, I covered that right at, right in the beginning. No, it doesn't happen to weak people. There mm-hmm. is nobody that's impervious to this shit. Nobody. That's right. um, uh, Mark, there's no rank. There's no rank. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> just no because rank. You're, <laughs> just yeah, because you're a sergeant you're, major or, or you know, yeah. it's not going to, yeah, you're not impervious. Yeah, it, you're about as impervious to an OSI as you are to a landmine. Yeah. Okay. You get your legs sheared off by a landmine blast. Nobody goes, huh, weak shins. You're mm-hmm. just weak. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, wow, that's pretty douchey. And it's no less douchey uh, when you have an operational stress injury uh, thinking, well, that person's just weak. And if you think that, well, that person shouldn't have it because I was, I know that person, you know, what the hell do they got to worry about? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't know shit about them. You may, you know, uh, really, you know them because you know their name or you know their face or you worked with them for a couple of weeks. That's not knowing somebody. And either way, who are you to judge? Because you yeah. don't you don't know their childhood. You don't know if they're raped by their creepy Uncle Joe. You know you don't know. You mm-hmm. don't you don't know. And that trauma cup. A lot of us get into the military with that trauma cup half full. When the general population, it's a quarter or a third full. Yeah, like there yeah. a lot of us are are, are trammed right up before we even join. You do have a lot of people that will join the military to replace the family they are leaving. Or to leave a certain society that they are sick and tired of. Or, you know, but there's always, more often than not, you're going to find there's a reason to join up. Okay. For, for, I want to talk about one saying that is for running away. You have the other people who join up because it's a family tradition. Okay. That's different. 
but you do have a, a large number of people that do join up because they're running away from something. Absolutely. Let's uh, now, if anybody was to think that they're cured, it would be yeah. my buddy John Senior sitting across the kitchen table for me, uh, from me right now. Um, yeah. And actually, I just got to set the stage. So on the kitchen table for sound dampening, I have my quilt of valor that uh, John gave me a couple years ago. So that's this is this is pretty awesome. The quilt of valor laid out here, which I'm going to do for every episode now of Operation mm-hmm. Tangle Romeo. The quilt of valor will, valor will be laid out on the table. It's uh, functional and beautiful, and it just puts me in the right headspace. Exactly. But anyway, uh, uh, John, an actual peer support facilitator, a guy with the course and the experience and, and everything else. Um, are you cured, John? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Hell no. No, but I have, I've learned to live with it, learned to manage it. And, and, you know, and I, got a, I got a really good smooth kick in the ass from it about a year ago, by the way. And I ended up, uh, I ended up having a really bad fall. Things happened. It just got too much. And, and I ended up having to give up my job, my full-time job in, in this doing peer support stuff. I had to give it up. I just, there was no way I could move forward from it because there was far too many similarities to what happened to me in Afghanistan and far too many similarities to other things that happened in my career previous. And it was just, too much stacked on top of what's going on in my personal life. And I really, really had to double down on focusing of using the tools, using what I learned, leaning on my friends, understanding why am I, why am I able to essentially have an out-of-body experience and watch myself mentally crumble in front of my eyes. It was like, it's like my subconscious versus my conscious were at battle. You know, and I was still using everything I possibly could to to stay functional. You know, and then you did the only thing you could do, which is change your environment. I had to change my environment. I had to lean into my peer support because it was a peer support that was it saved me. It was a peer support of of standing in front of the class, and, and you actually already hit it already. Was you know you learn through teaching, and I'm sitting there, and I'm having this self discovery while doing the sessions. Yeah, and uh, you used to say, geez, you guys that are on earnings loss benefit, what the hell do you do with your time all day? Oh my God, you're and, so right. And and now that you're on earnings loss, it's like, oh, I'm like never bored, nor am I ever idle. <laughs> Dude, like, I'm <laughs> serious. I, I, you know, <laughs> it, I wasn't going to bring that up, but okay, embarrassing as it is, I'm going to make an admission here on radio, okay? Yeah. On your podcast. I'm going to make an admission here. Yes. Sitting there at the very beginning of doing peer support and learning about peer support and everything else and all the nuances about it, I'm sitting there going like, what in the hell are these guys doing for two years on ELB? What are they doing with all their time? Well, okay, fast forward, here I am. Dude, I don't have enough time to go to the bathroom properly. I'm sitting there doing the pee dance, trying to do, get something done. Well, but here's, I'm waiting. Here's, here's the thing about theater, uh, about um, about therapy. Yeah. Um, like today, when you called me today, mm-hmm. uh, what time was it when you called me? Uh, I called you about 2.20. Yeah, I was in bed. Yeah. You know why I was in bed? Because therapy yesterday, was yesterday. It was an ass kicker. Yeah. And so uh, the day before therapy, I'm I'm a mess. Yeah. Day of therapy, I'm a mess. And the day after, I got to sleep in until two in the afternoon <laughs> just to, just to get my head right, just to stop my ears from from ringing with the tinnitus. Yeah. You know, and that's why, uh, like, this is a big road to hump. 
Yeah. Like th- th- this is a hell of a hike. And, um, and that's what you do with your time. You're just surviving in and around the therapy once a week. Well, that's only an hour a week of your time. No, it's not. No, it's, it's, it's at least three days. And you know, you know what, here I am now, now I have an, I'm still part of the program now, but as a volunteer and, and all I can say now is my core knowledge of what I have because of, because I've walked it, talked it, and now I'm living it again. It's, I, there's more now reason now to give back to the program and help other troops. And that is why I'm here. And that's why we're both here. It is. Absolutely is Mark. You're listening to Operation Tango Romeo. Share it. Please share it uh, because it helps. I've been getting feedback left, right, and center, all kinds of emails, uh, very private, discreet emails saying, thank you for doing this. I, I didn't know there was anything out there. I'm mm-hmm. no longer alone. Thank you. So be a part of that. Help Buddy out. Help us out <laughs> by, by getting the word out. And thanks for having me. Yeah. Th- thanks for having you. Uh, thanks for being here, John. And thank you for tuning in. Please leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Thank you. At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible, with a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. 